Our talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Wednesday Buck on Talk. Legal.com, Doug Lee, Wednesday, the Baird, Stephen Bean. We're getting it to you later on Wednesday. That's what we planned. And it's good we did because if we didn't plan it this way, we might be doing an emergency pod. I'm not quite sure. But one of the two quarterbacks in the Ohio State quarterback battle is not going to play in the spring game on Saturday. Devin Brown is out. Ryan Day announced that Wednesday morning. Had a procedure, Ryan Day said, on his finger. We in yeah, we're doing a little detective work here. We watched practice last Friday as we record this on Wednesday, and Devin Brown was participating. He had the procedure on Wednesday, so he didn't get hurt Wednesday and then go have the procedure, I don't, I don't think. So then with the practice schedule, we've deduced that he must have gotten hurt on Monday because Ryan Day did confirm something happened. It wasn't like, oh, I've had a, a weird thing in my finger that I finally decided to fix something, Nathan. So this is a little window. It he got through most of spring football, but he got hurt at the end. Yeah, you know, I'm working to confirm exactly when that happened, and maybe we won't know for sure until Devin Brown speaks again. But I suppose it could have gotten slammed in a car door at some point or whatever between last Friday. But we certainly, yes, last Friday we saw him and in Comacord, and they practiced throughout that practice. So uh, safe, safe to assume that yeah, this is just a, a practice occurrence. And listen, it's it's football; Th- those things happen. It's just unfortunate timing for uh, we'll talk about this i guess more it might be the most unfortunate timing just for the fan base who is looking forward to going out and watching both those guys play on saturday because we have seen quarterback battles play out in the spring game and matter and there were some questions asked it was good we got ryan day for about half an hour on wednesday there were definitely some questions asked Stephen, along the lines of how much does the spring game matter in battles like this. And a lot of references, and Tony Gerdeman asked a a question that needed to be asked, to the Dwayne Haskins-Joe Burrow battle from five years ago. And the reason this needed to be brought up is that Joe Burrow had a finger injury that set him back in that competition, but his happened in season 2017, or right before the season, whenever it was. But it affected his ability to play and practice during the 2017 season which allowed Dwayne Haskins to get ahead of him in the backup competition behind JT Barrett, which means that when JT Barrett got hurt in the Michigan game, Dwayne Haskins was the guy that came in, not Joe Burrow. And Dwayne Haskins sort of maintained that lead into the spring of 2018, where in the end, as Ryan Day said on on Buckeye Talk this week, it really wasn't that Dwayne Haskins won that job as much as he was ahead at the moment, at the end of spring, and then Joe Burrow left. So it didn't get to continue. Ryan Day made it very clear they don't expect Evan Brown to miss time this summer, throw into his receivers, which is an important time. They don't expect that this will affect him at all in August, Stephen, when this battle should continue. So when Ryan Day was asked, is this kind of like Joe Burrow? He said no. So how much do you think this sets Devin Brown back, Stephen, in the competition? Probably not that much if we're mapping out a timeline that maybe happened on Monday, which means he probably didn't practice Wednesday, which I don't know how hard they're going in the practice before the spring game and practice 14. So it doesn't seem like he missed much. And to the point of the Dwayne Haskins thing, Dwayne had real legitimate experience on his side. It doesn't get much more realer than 
the Michigan game, you get thrown out there to go win a game, win the game on the road at that. Kyle McCord's real in-game experience is two years ago against a Mac opponent that you're going to beat by 60 anyway. So it's, it probably doesn't matter that much unless you're of the camp that Kyle McCord is already ahead and the favorite to be the starter. And you feel like Kyle McCord goes out there and impresses you so much that you're not really sure how Devin Brown comes back for that. But that's not the vibe we've been getting from Ryan Day throughout spring practice whenever we've asked him about the quarterback situation. Devin Brown did tweet after Ryan Day's news conference Wednesday morning, minor speed bump, more determined than ever, go Bucks." Nathan, where where do you think this stands? You wrote about this for Wednesday morning at cleveland.com. You've been breaking down different position battles as we head toward the spring. Again, I think the Burrow-Haskins thing had sort of reached the point where that spring game did matter. And again, I've said this many times. I, I wrote after that spring game, there was one particular throw that Dwayne made that I was like, that's it. You got you to gotta pick Dwayne. But then Burrow also had some throws late in that game. It was like, oh man, Burrow did his thing. Like they both kind of did their thing in front of a crowd in an environment like that where the head-to-head, I think, I think that battle had progressed to the point and there was more urgency because they were both just a little older. Had, and as Steven mentioned, Dwayne had the thing in the mission game. Had progressed to the point where I think the spring game did matter in that. I don't think this battle's right the same way, but like, where do you think this stands, Nathan, from the way Ryan Day talked about it on Wednesday, has talked about it all spring, and what we've seen? Well, and the other factor that was happening in 2018, too, was that Ryan Day, and he talked about this on the podcast you did with him about Dwayne Haskins just last week, which I hope people listen to. It's great stuff. Um, that he they that Dwayne Haskins didn't win the job that spring, but they felt they had to have a some transparency and have a conversation with Joe Burrow and say, here's where you stand right now. So this isn't Dwayne's job, but you're behind Dwayne. And that led to the decisions that Joe Burrow had to make. And I think everyone handled that, I think, pretty responsibly. So the revelation that they made, and he would have told us, I think, from to some other question, was me asking that same question today in the press conference, which was, so how do you handle this? And he's like, well, that's now that's changed. And I have been thinking for a while. I know that he said in February that he was open to naming a quarterback by the end of the spring. Even when he said that at the time, I took that as I am open to somebody blowing the doors off this place and making it obvious that they're the guy. That hasn't happened this spring. I think people have their opinions from day to day as to who is ahead of this, but it has been back and forth to some extent. And I think what Ohio State is still searching for is not which of these two quarterbacks is ahead of the other one for a day or two or a week. It's which one is playing the Ohio State level of quarterback that we've come to expect, that they've come to expect. So I thought this wasn't going to be announced until – I didn't think we were going to get a, a proclamation out of Saturday. I definitely don't think we're going to get one now. Um, I, I think that the only way that this would have really affected it is if Kyle McCord were like clearly ahead already and then went out and had an awesome spring game, and then now maybe that's like a punctuation mark. And if Devin Brown doesn't get to do anything in response, it widens the gap. Uh, I think now, even if Kyle McCord looks really good on Saturday, um, it, I don't – know that it's going to be the determining factor. I think we still will not get an announcement on starter until August. I would like to announce that I have officially um, not checked myself before I wrecked myself. I have now officially spun myself into the ground with my attempted analysis of when a coach says something, 
what does he actually mean? And when does he actually mean the opposite of what he's doing? That, right, if he's, if he's sort of not criticizing a guy, but saying a guy needs to do more, I've come around on, oh, that means that the guy's doing great and they're trying to motivate him. And if you say nice things about a guy, maybe that means a guy's struggling and that actually you're trying to make sure you don't add to the pile of things. So I don't know. We know what Ryan Day says, but I I can't decide what I think of it because he has said, right, kind of all along, nobody sees it. Like, so that was the word he used a couple weeks ago, right? Nobody seized it. And on Wednesday, again, he sort of continued down that path of, hey, I would have been open to somebody winning it. And and he kind of said the same stuff about the tackle jobs. I mean, like, you know, I'm open to it, as you said, Nathan, whatever that means. Does it require blowing the doors off? He's open to guys winning jobs, but nobody's won jobs this spring. And I can't decide, Stephen, whether it's just a motivational tactic or whether that's that means that's what's actually happened. I did, in going back and re-listening to a lot of things from 2018, because I have all the old audio, Urban Meyer said that spring, he was definitely on the bandwagon of, I love, I don't want to announce anything. I want Joe to be here in the preseason, and I don't, I would rather not have to tell anybody anything because I think you get better play when there's a guy right over your shoulder, looking over your shoulder. He also used the term looking over your shoulder, like in a positive way in 2015 with JT Barrett and Cardell Jones. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you making both these guys look over their shoulders? And I thought the effect of shoulder looking in 2015 was that neither of those guys played their best. And the attempt at competition, I thought it backfired. But Urban liked that. Urban Urban talked about discomfort. And what's more uncomfortable than like, hey, are you the starter? I, I literally don't know. And Ryan Day said... Wednesday, some days it felt like a guy had a good day and another guy had a bad day. Maybe this guy's, but it wasn't consistent, Stephen. So here's what I want. (laughs) Stephen, do you think somebody's ahead? Or do you think this remains, for the most part, open? And what happens in August will determine the starting quarterback? I think the good thing about this time around when Day is saying a lot of that stuff, we've gotten to see a lot more practice than we usually get to see in the spring. And so we can like match up what he's saying versus what we're actually seeing. And so I think we can all agree that he's probably not lying when he says nobody is see or it, that it feels like nobody sees this thing just based off what we've been able to see and like full practices, not just stre- practices where it's been stretching. We've gotten to see a lot of competitive stuff. I think Kyle McCord's ahead, but I don't know why. And I think ahead is like <laughs> a foot ahead. Do you think somebody is ahead, Nathan? I think if they had to make a quarterback decision today to start a game, I think it would be Kyle McCord. Um, I think he came in with, even if it's an open battle, I think he came in with a lead, just a practical lead based on experience. And he's a pretty good quarterback, too. I mean, he does good things out there. And we have seen... In some of the competitive drills, I think we've seen more good things from McCord than Brown, but not an overwhelming difference there. And and Brown has been doing enough to to keep to keep pushing this. So I, I do I think yes, I think McCord has a lead, but I don't think he has an insurmountable lead by any means going into this final week, nor does he have one going into the offseason. So Ryan Day was asked that if you had a real game tomorrow question. Would Kyle McCord be ready? And he basically said, well, nobody would be ready for what's that? It's a different question. Yeah. Like, 
Nobody would be ready. Uh, you know, we don't have a game tomorrow. So again, the, the play the game of what could he have said? Because sometimes if you force a guy into a corner, it's like, well, he had to say that. Mm-hmm. Could Ryan Day have said something like this during the course of the spring? I'll tell you what. Kyle McCord has come out and done everything that we have asked of him. He's thrown the ball well. He's shown leadership. I love where Kyle McCord is. And if we had a game tomorrow, I have no doubt that Kyle McCord could lead this team and we would be a successful offense and a a successful version of the Ohio State Buckeyes because Kyle McCord has shown he's ready for that. That doesn't mean he's won the job. Devin Brown has also done great things. Kyle has a year more experience. Kyle's been out there a little bit more. I'm not declaring Kyle the starter, but he would be ready for that. But Devin has shown me things where he obviously has that ability as well. So we want to keep this competition going. We're not declaring anything right now. But if you're asking me, if we had a game tomorrow, could Kyle McCord be the starting quarterback? My answer is unequivocally yes. Nathan, could he have said something like that this spring? Or... Even if he thinks that, you're just not going to say a version of that because you want the competition. You don't only want to get a big head. I, I, it's too early. I don't know. Yeah, there, there's probably some of that, the latter that you just said, that he wants to keep. Because as we said all along, this isn't just about finding a quarterback. It's about both these guys having to keep developing towards both being starting caliber. You just never know what you're going to need this fall. But I also think that, I mean, he's been pretty transparent, I think. That, I mean, I just asked him about it after we saw them practice last Friday that, you know, um, you said that, you know, neither one of these guys has pulled away, but are they playing both at the level that you want an Ohio State quarterback to play with? It goes back to what I was saying earlier, that standard, right? That they're not just trying to beat each other out. They're trying to attain a standard. And he said, no, they're not there yet. And he said positive things, too, about how he thought they're very coachable and and he liked their competitiveness and all that stuff. But my big takeaway from that was Ohio State still doesn't have an Ohio State quarterback yet by Ryan Day's standard. So that's what all along what made me think I, I do. I think it's not a good thing for Devin Brown to not play in the spring game. But I also think that it's it's not going wasn't not going to be the decisive factor in this, that both of these guys still are trying to prove that up themselves up to that standard, not just better than the other one. Stephen Ryan Day also said something on Wednesday that made me think like, you're crazy, man. <laughs> like, okay, now maybe I'm not going to, because he said, and I have a terrible memory. Maybe you you have a better memory. You have a pretty, do you think you have a pretty good memory, Stephen? I have a great memory. Yeah, I have a terrible memory. So Ryan Day is talking about the 2019 spring game. And Ryan Day is saying, you know, Justin yeah. struggled, Justin Fields struggled a bit in the spring game in 2019. And I remember going to sleep that night thinking to myself, do we have a starting quarterback? And I was like, what? are yeah. you talking about what it, like what he's the number two recruit in the country you begged him to come here from georgia and after the spring game you're like i don't know and then i was like okay i don't like ryan day nathan you're like the search for reaching the standard of the ohio state quarterback i think perhaps ryan day's standard for the ohio state quarterback is so stratospheric that he was like i don't know if justin fields is going to hit it this year it's like what are well, you well, talking about but no, Justin no. Fields helps set it. Well, no, I know. Yeah, I mean, and, and, but you have to under. He knows that the the standard in April, when neither guy has been a starter, is not the standard that CJ Stroud left after the Georgia game. So, mm-hmm. how did you take that Justin comment, Stephen? <laughs> I thought it was funny. I thought that it, 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 he's not lo- wrong. Justin actually wasn't that good the first couple of weeks of spring. 
there was a lot of times where it was like, ugh. Maybe that's why he didn't win the job at Georgia. And then, you know, he got comfortable and they kind of paired it with he'd only been in the system for a couple months. So that's part of it. It was learning a new system. Obviously, things have come out now. Justin, it took him a while just as a human being to get comfortable being up here. He didn't know anybody. It was cold. He's from Georgia. So there was a lot of factors into why it wasn't the best performance. But I remember that spring game pretty well. Justin was not the most exciting thing about that 2019 spring game. It was iffy. And then he threw the pass to Ben Victor, and it was like, woo! And then he had the run, it was like, woo! And then it was like, Garrett Wilson! Garrett Wilson! Oh, Garrett Wilson! Yeah, Garrett Wilson. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it was, yeah, it wasn't for the hype that came with him. It was not the statement of a spring game that you were maybe expecting to get from him. But at the same time, I thought it was funny because it literally does not matter. Justin, Fields, Justin Fields is going to be the starter. And it got to the point that when we were in Chicago at Big Ten Media Days, we're all like, dude, can you name him the starter already? What are we waiting on? Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't a it was not a a great showing by Justin Fields. But to be quite honest with you, I don't know who's at least since I've been here, none of the quarterbacks have had like wow you spring games because even twenty twenty one like Kyle McCord had that big explosive pass to my buddy Garrett, and then that was just kind of it. Other than that, it was just like all right, well we left today thinking CJ, we came in thinking CJ's a starter, and we left thinking CJ's a starter. But it is not because he did anything crazy; it's just because we thought he was in the lead already. But it does inform my view of what Ryan Day is saying about, well, I don't know if Kyle McCord or Devin Brown has seized the job when after the spring game in 2019, Justin Fields, who was competing against no one, I think Ryan Day might have been like, I don't know if Justin Fields seized the job. And it's like, okay, well, then maybe, you know, nobody can seize anything. Because again, like that 2018 battle, Joe was in year four. Dwayne was in year three. Dwayne had played against Michigan, right? These are guys who had both. It was a lot of experience. And I think Dwayne and Joe both played pretty well in that spring game. And so, so with that in mind, right, Nathan, you started us off by saying this is probably more a disappointment for the fans who wanted to come out and watch Kyle McCord, Devin Brown on Saturday in Ohio Stadium. I think that's probably right. Given that, what should fans want to see what should Ryan Day and Corey Dennis and Brian Hartline want to see from Kyle McCord now that the other guy is not going to be interesting? Gebby is going to play. He's practically a coach more than a quarterback. Everybody's saying great things about him. I think there's an interesting world of like, does Ryan Day just want their third string quarterback to be half a coach from now on? And this is what they're going to do. Let's get a sixth year transfer who wants to go into coaching and will lock down the third string quarterback job. That's not a discussion for right now. What do what what is Kyle McCord trying to show on Saturday, Nathan? And how important is it to all of this? By the way, I think Justin Gebby has looked pretty solid in in spring practice too. I mean, you can tell that that, that you can tell how that third spot has elevated this year. So I'm gonna I'm I'm curious how they're going to split up the offensive snaps. If Gebbia will get any of the ones, if they're going to have McCord work with the twos at all, does McCord get all of the work with the ones? Because that's it's clear in the way that Day has talked about this this spring. McCord and Brown, when they split with the ones, that means they're also splitting with the twos. And we've talked before that there's a real benefit to showing what you can do with the twos. Now, it just, it just so happens that the ones are also kind of the twos this spring because yeah. you, you're breaking in a new offensive line three-fifths of the places, guys who aren't usual first string Ohio state caliber yet definite beyond first string with your running backs, two thirds of your starting receivers are out. 
and we'll see how much Marvin Harrison Jr. actually plays on on Saturday for just you know protection reasons. So whoever you're out there with, you have to prove a little bit that you can elevate that group of players. And that's still something Kyle McCord can do on Saturday, regardless of whether somebody else is taking snaps with the, the opposite group that's actually competing with him for this job. So that's kind of what I'm looking for going into Saturday is what does he do? We expect there to be times where this defensive line beats this offensive line. So how does that, when he's flushed out of the pocket, what does, what decisions does he make? How does he move in those situations? It, you can do a lot of things that are just judging the progress that Kyle McCord has made and judging it against, again, what we expect to see now when an Ohio State quarterback is on the field. Because regardless of what C.J. Stroud or Justin Fields did in their spring game performances, we know what it looks like in the fall. And I, it's, it's not unfair now to make some extrapolations and say, what do we think Kyle McCord, based on what we see Saturday, what we've seen all spring, what do we think he would do in those same situations? Um, you don't get to make the same head-to-head comparison where Devin Brown would then be taking the next series of snaps and maybe encounter the exact same situation and see how he stacks up. But as we were just saying, I, I think some of this is just is Kyle McCord living up to what he's been pursuing for three years now, which is the standard of the Ohio State quarterback. I think he's got a flash that he's got Heisman Trophy potential. Um, to Nathan's point a little bit where you're, it's not about winning the job. It's a, with whether it was Justin Fields, CJ Stroud, Kyle McCord, whoever comes, it's not about winning the Ohio State starting quarterback job. It's about, and I think that's part of what Ryan Day's standard is here is it's not, can you win a job? It's like, can you win us a national championship? Can you win a Heisman trophy? Can you be a first round draft pick? So are you, so do we start seeing those traits? Unfortunately, the Akron game was weird. He, depending on when he found out that CJ wasn't going to be playing, he's a true freshman. We didn't. We just didn't get to see enough of him then. And then since then, it's they don't really let him throw the ball. This is really the first true extended look we're going to get to see at, see Kyle McCord, who has been in the system for three years. What does that look like? Does that look like a dude who? If he does get named the starting quarterback, we're all comfortable feeling like, oh, he's going to get to New York and he might be a be the first quarterback taken off the board a year from now. Or does it feel like, I don't know, this might he's, be. He's not going to be the first quarterback taken off the board a year from now. Caleb Williams will never let that happen. So just like, real quick on that. Drake May, yeah, Drake May as well. But the, yeah. the point, can he be a first round? Can Is this a guy that we feel like he shows enough traits where the idea of him being a one-and-done quarterback is out there and he can actually achieve it? Or are we going to walk away thinking, I don't know, this might be Ryan Day's first miss? And I do think – I think the fans, right, fans will be able to walk away feeling like, oh, yeah, go, good, we're good. Or, hmm, ah, so mm. I think that opportunity is there. Yep. But I don't think – I do think there's a chance to to really evaluate for everybody, for the team and the fans, how close Kyle McCord is to the Ohio State quarterback standard. But I don't think he can win the job on Saturday because the other guy is uh, not going to play. And, and, but, and maybe if Devin Brown did play and there was just an absolute stark contrast of one guy looks great and one guy looks completely confused, maybe you could have gone a long way to winning the job. But I think that uh, what, you know, Nathan, what you've been saying, Stephen, what you just outlined, Nathan, it's, it's the march towards the standard. Certainly that's on the table for Kyle McCord on Saturday. And fans will be able to get a handle on that. You don't have to be a quarterback guru to get a handle on whether that kind of looks like Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, CJ Stroud, or whether it kind of doesn't. 
And there's an element of this that, you know, Common Court has something to respond to a little bit here now. It's not the head-to-head battle that you'll have to respond to what the guy did on the drive ahead of you. But there's also, like, you know, now that's taken away. Now the stakes are reduced a little bit in terms of that. But then how do you approach that mentally? Do you still go out and think, well, we're going to score a touchdown every time we touch the ball? Do you go out and still have that same killer mentality and show that out there? I think fans can fans know that when they see that a little bit. Some of it just shows up in the results. And um, I think what fans will be looking for, too, is it, you know, bad decisions will still show up just as they would in any other situation. So, you know, we've seen him get picked off a, a couple times this spring. I think that's something that uh, they probably want to correct, obviously. And um, again, just you know, you also can you can't compare him to how Brown runs the ball, but you know behind the scenes people have have said that maybe there isn't a, a massive gap between the two, just in terms of like speed. That McCord's not this plodding guy that maybe it sometimes gets made out to be in that comparison. So does he get a chance to show that off a little bit? I'm, the quarterbacks aren't going to be live, but still, like, do, does he get to 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 answer that a little bit? albeit in a vacuum here instead of that head-to-head comparison. All right. Last thing on this. Scale of 1 to 10, how much the Devin Brown injury affects the quarterback battle? And I would say one is it has no effect. It, it proceeds as if Devin Brown didn't get hurt. It has no effect. 10 is Kyle McCord absolutely has a chance to like grab this thing and that we would look back and say the injury was an absolute factor in Devin Brown not winning it the way we would look back on the Joe Burrow injury and say the Joe Burrow injury had an effect on that quarterback battle. So one is nothing. 10 is big effect. Nathan, what's your rating on what you think the Devin Brown injury means for this? Yeah, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm contradicting what we've said to this point, but I think it's probably a five, like at least a five. Because if if we think Common Accord, even though it's an open competition, came in with a lead, and then it's been pretty even so far. It's it's not a thing where he can win the job, but he can still maintain his position. And he still can. He's the one that now gets to end the spring with positive momentum. And end the spring mm-hmm. with kind of, you know, Ryan Day said a few weeks ago, going into the first scrimmage, that he was kind of encouraging these guys to block out noise. But my response to that was, I think you should, like, encourage the noise. Like, if 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 you don't look good that day, if there's criticisms of you, how do you respond to that? How do you deal with that? You're going to have to do that as Ohio State's quarterback. So, if you know, there's something to be said for, like, going out in a stadium that's got tens of thousands of fans. And he's played in front of bigger crowds, obviously, and so is Devin Brown. But, you know, go into that environment and and make a final statement that just kind of keeps it going. I, I guess it, I'd say that it might be at least a five still because the opposite could also happen. Like, if you go out there and look lost, now it kind of creates some doubt in in the whole process. What are you, Steven? I think I'm a five, too, for a lot of what Nathan said. But also, there is a point that this maybe would have happened in spring football where it's a 10. Like, if this happens a month ago, it's probably 10. So I don't know if you can ever go from a 10 to a 1 just because spring is over at this point. But I, I agree with what Nathan said. It's Kyle McCord can go out there and at least from a momentum standpoint, put a stamp on some things. I had a really good spring. I like where I'm at. And now the people got to see me and they kind of like where I'm at too. But there's also the alternative of I had a really good spring, but then I got out here and it was like, Ugh. and then people are going, hmm, maybe Devin Brown's a better quarterback because sometimes not doing anything can help you if the other person doesn't do something well. Yeah, I think I'm more like a two. 
I just think that the result is they, they just still need to see Devin Brown. And that, that until you really get a full handle on Devin Brown in comparison to Kyle McCord, they're both chasing the standard. But I think you kind of just pause the quarterback battle in some way. And Kyle McCord can go do a lot of good things on Saturday. But I don't know that in terms of the decision-making process for Ryan Day and Brian Hartline and Corey Dennis and Todd Fish, I don't know that they can do much until they get Brown back going again. Okay, we're going to talk about some other football things that Ryan Day talked about on Wednesday. We'll do it next on Buckeye Talk. Doug Nathan, Stephen, just to line this out, the Thursday pod will be Team Means versus Team Baird. They are going to draft two 22-player teams, not just among the healthy guys, like everybody's available. So you can draft Emeka Buka, you can draft Tommy Eichenberg, you can draft everybody, and we'll build two teams. Friday, we are going to, the plan is to cover some recruiting stuff, some visitors coming on Saturday, some NIL stuff, and where does Ohio State stand with its feelings about its ability to recruit at the level it wants to, maybe compared to where they were in December, because there were some things that Ryan Day said, and this, again, they're on a little bit of a commitment run here. Stephen, you asked Ryan Day about recruiting momentum on Wednesday. We'll wait and cover that on Friday, give you a little bit more of a take of that. This pod is trying to set you up for Saturday a little bit. It is going to be like it's a scarlet and gray game, but it's going to be first team offense, first team defense, second team offense, second team defense. Again, a lot of guys that aren't going to be out there. Mayan Williams, who's missed some time this spring. Ryan Day said he will play for the first couple of series. It'll be thud tackling early on, which is like you're not taking guys to the ground for the ones. But then later in the game, and he said for the twos the whole time, it's going to be fully live. Full tackling for everybody. So you'll see a pretty good facsimile of a game. It'll be normal timing. He said maybe they'll do a running clock later in the game. And also, and we have plenty more time to talk about this, Brian Hartline will call the plays. Ryan Day said he'll be on the headset listening. He said he probably will not have the play sheet in front of him, right? That I thought was like, okay, you're really trying here, man. You're Mm -hmm. really trying. So you're going to see the Brian Hartline called offense on Saturday. So that's another thing for Ohio State fans to think about. Players, Steven, Ryan Day seemed to like what he's seen from the cornerbacks when he talked on Wednesday. It seems like maybe that's the group he feels as good about as any with how they've performed this spring. Yeah, it feels like every other time we talk to him, he's going out of his way to talk about how good the corners have been playing. And that's a benefit of health with guys like Denzel Burke and Jordan Hancock. That's, you know, him and Tim Walton saying how Davidson Igmanosin has just raised the level of stand and raised the level of competition in that room. That's Jair Brown getting some experience last year and building on it now. Also playing some nickel as well with them trying to build depth there. It just feels like there's a chance the corners, the cornerback play standard might get back to where it should be here with the amount of optimism that's coming out of that position group. And now fans get to see it. And if now there's a, you know, you, you, Kept that a little bit because we're talking about a quarterback battle. So if Kyle McCord and Tristan Gebbia are going out there throwing picks the whole time, while you're going to be super excited about what the cornerbacks are doing, you're going to be like, oh, no, what's going on with the quarterbacks? But they've been getting their hands on balls. And I think especially with Jordan Hancock and Davison Igbenosin, more than Denzel Burke because he's on that list of guys who might play for four minutes and then they're walking around the sideline the rest of the day because they're veterans. 
Those two, we've heard a lot about Jordan Hancock for a year now, and it feels like he's finally healthy and people could see some of the hype that he came in here with and why people were so excited about him. While with Davis and Igbenosin, it's kind of like his Ohio State debut, got the fans getting the chance to see him. So those two guys and then Jair Brown, I think people should be really intrigued by what they get to see on Saturday, regardless of who the receivers are. So he just talked about position groups in different ways, Nathan. On Wednesday. And again, I, I don't think we have to try to diagnose, did he meet it or not? It felt like he felt real enthusiasm with the spring that the corners had. And then he specifically praised the top four corners, Denzel Burke, Jordan Hancock, Davison Igbignosin, and Jair Brown, with how specifically they've shown good things this spring. And that, I right? Were we not kind of uncertain? about that group coming in with the injury issues that Denzel Burke dealt with last year. Jordan Hancock hurt all year. Davis and Bignosin's a transfer. He's new. And Jair Brown was a true freshman last year who barely played. It feels like they honestly have come a long way. And I pointed this out a couple times too, to our texters. I probably mentioned it on the pod that, you know, Jim Knowles puts out that um, silver bullet of the day after every practice. And out of the first 10 of those, six of them were cornerbacks, or at least one mm-hmm. of the guys picked was a cornerback. And I sometimes go back and forth on, because you that you can wrap this into the coach speak thing too, and how much is it challenging someone and how much is it rewarding someone, whatever. But that said something to me, that the, 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 the standout guy on defense on multiple days was these cornerbacks. And uh, so I, 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 I'm taking it at face value that they have seen the real improvement. Now, some of that has been, you know, uh, we actually had a Hey Nathan question about this the other day. Like you're you're breaking in two new quarterbacks, so you're not getting the same level of quarterback play that you had before, and you're missing some of your best receivers. But we've seen these cornerbacks make some plays in practice. We have also seen at times um, there was a play that Kojo Antwi made the other day in practice that I thought was an impressive catch, and I thought he had to make it through Davison Igbenosin. Like I thought he had to like mm-hmm. kind of fight for a catch in practice, and that's a good sign almost on both sides because. Nobody's going to shut 100% of receivers down. And what was missing from this cornerback group last year on too many occasions was just not even contesting balls at the point of the catch. Like they just, they were flailing out there. They looked lost at times. And that has not been happening this spring. There are times when the receivers beat them, but it's been competitive. And I think, so as you go in Saturday or as you're watching the spring game, uh, however you watch it, I would just watch for the competition. Watch these guys battle because this receiver room is really talented down to the third guy at at each of these spots and these cornerbacks have a tough job every time they go out there and I think you're going to see a much more competitive version of them than you did previously and it did feel like early in spring Ryan Day and Jim Knowles with the entire defense we're talking a lot about competition like just fight right but then on Wednesday Stephen he cited talent it wasn't just a try-hard conversation. It was like, hey, when Jordan Hancock's healthy, you can really see the talent that's there. Hey, Jair Brown is young. He's playing outside corner and nickel, but you can see the talent. Mm-hmm. So I think like we sort of, you know, we ran the the gamut, Stephen, of like, well, the first thing you got to do is try hard. And now, by the way, once you're doing that, your talent can start to pop. And again, four deep. I was joking. I feel like they maybe wish Davis and Igbenosin was a tackle because okay, he, this is what my day said about Davis and Igbenosin. He's raised the level of the entire room. Boy, oh boy, does that sound like what you want a transfer to do? Like mm-hmm. it just feels like these are four 
guys sliding in. Denzel Burke as the old vet. Jordan Hancock as the the Marshawn Lattimore. There's talent there, but we haven't yet seen it. Davidson Igbenosin transfer, maybe just exactly what you want. And Jair Brown as a young guy ready to pop. It's like boom, 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 boom. It, it really feels like that, right? Air traffic controller. There's movies about air traffic controllers where they get all the planes in a line and they just like they're all in the sky and all of a sudden there's nine planes ri- lined up ready to land. Feels like they're landing the plane in the quarterback room, Stephen. I'm going to use your tackle analogy a little bit here because um, he talked about with the tackle is one of the reasons why you don't want to do a bunch of scheme in the spring game is you just want to see if they can do it first. Can you just do the job? Can you protect the quarterback? Can you create a hole for a running back? And then we'll start adding all that other stuff. It felt like the first half of spring with all the competition with the cornerback was like, can these guys cover? Like, can we just start there? Because we have it. The answer to that question has been no for three years now of can our cornerbacks cover wide receivers? So once you check that part off, then you can get into, okay, they can cover. How good can they cover? So that's where you got the talent conversation of you're seeing Jordan Hancock's talent start to show. Oh, he's really good at covering. Oh, Denzel Burke's really good at covering. D- Davis Igmanosin's really physical and really good at covering. And the same for Jair Brown. You can't, but you can't have that sliding scale until you know if they can just do the basic job of a cornerback, which has been missing. So when he started talking about the talents of those guys, that's when I really got really intrigued there because now it's not just lip service. Now it's not just as you were talking about at the beginning of the pod, not just trying to keep guys' spirits up. You're, you're actually you believe what you're saying because you've seen it for 14 practices now. The progression they've made, but also just getting back to the talent they were when they, when they first got here in the, in the in the beginning. Also, by the way, Ryan Day kind of for no reason said that Kenyatta Jackson at defensive end had a good spring. He'll be number 97. Watch for him on Saturday. When we come back, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball and offensive line next on Buckeye Talk. All right, Nathan. So I think as we alluded to. Part of the cornerback conversation that was interesting because it was in contrast to the tackle conversation where Ryan Day, when asked about right tackle, we know it's a battle between Zem Mahalski and Tegra Shabola, said nobody's won that job. And I think he used the phrase, nobody's stepped up yet. And then he kind of also said, by the way, also same at left tackle, where it's Josh Fryer. And then we're not even sure, like we guess it's George Fitzpatrick, but it's less of a defined, you know, kind of these two guys at the same level kind of thing. A lot of questions about tackle. The portal opens on Saturday. Ryan Day basically said, yeah, we might look there, but you know, also we're not in a hurry to get to the portal. He said, it's not that we don't believe in the guys. It's not that we don't believe we have good players here, but they just are not showing it consistently yet. It feels like if anybody had concerns about the tackles coming into spring, and I think everybody did, you still have them. Absolutely. And I think that's been borne out by what we've seen in the practices where the defensive line has at times really uh, made for some tough days for the offensive line, where the edge rushers have, have really feasted at times. And uh, But we've seen evidence of that in past springs. I think, Stephen, you were talking about that on a recent pod. I, I do think, though, that it, 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 it should reiterate something we should have already been aware of. I mean, we remember just two years ago where they got all the way into preseason camp and then shuffled the whole offensive line because they thought someone had emerged that made that mix better when, when Dewan Jones stepped up and asserted himself and, and, and was okay, this guy's got to be in the starting lineup. And I think they're still waiting for someone to do that among this tackle group to say definitively that it goes back to that, what we were saying before about the quarterbacks, like there's, you know, they'll have five offensive linemen, but will they all be at the Ohio state standard? That's what they're still searching for. And they, but the big problem is that we've known all along that it was going to have to come from this group 
where it's either very inexperienced guys who might just still have a lot of development time to get to that consistent level that they need him to be at, or older guys who are more experienced who might just be a little bit have, have just have a lower ceiling and might just not be able to attain that same level that they've they've talked about. But that's the group, and I'm I'm still skeptical that the portal answers this. I think there's a reason why the only portal addition that they made, unlike in the secondary, they were able to find guys, but it's, it's tough for me to believe that you're going to find a starting caliber offensive lineman after the spring. I think those are guys that you're, it's easier to find those guys maybe after the season and they tried, but didn't get them. And now just who shakes loose from another program that was going to be starting caliber at Ohio state. Now, maybe it's all relative to who they have, but I don't think that's how you want to be compiling a team into the fall. Well, but I do think you have to be careful of that, right? Alabama took Ohio State's fourth best receiver. Yeah. And he was awesome, right? Mm -hmm. So there are times when – now, I agree with you. And and I do think – Ryan Day, I think, laid it out pretty clearly. The tackles have to be better. They have not been good enough this spring. But then he kind of backed off and said, we believe in them. We're not desperately looking because they're not desperately looking in the portal. I think they will be very aware of the portal. And if it just so happens that, hey, you know what? Oklahoma just has three really good tackles and they had like a returning guy and they had two other guys that were battling it out in the spring. One was a returning guy and one was a young guy they really liked, but it feels like the the veteran's going to keep it. And then that third guy's like, I want to start now. And he's there. I think they're very open to that. I think they have to be because I think in the end, Steven, this is not gone as well as expected. And it's like you said, Nathan, they literally, I mean, you have to start five offensive linemen. The question is, could the tackles keep them from winning a game that they should win otherwise? Mm-hmm. Could the tackles keep them, which by the way, go back and listen to the very first 2023 could be a great team podcast. We did a year and a half ago. We were talking about tackles and here we are, Steven, the spring games on Saturday. What are we talking about? We're talking about tackles. And yeah, I'm not going to say that there's not going to be options. There probably will be some options. The, pro- the thing is we're talking about Ohio state standard. We're not even sure if, like, the right tackle situation right now is just normal starter standard. I think that's the big issue here is you've got to get above – you just got to get the starter standard before you can start talking about Ohio State standard at tackle. And based off what we've seen and then how they've talked about this tackle situation, that doesn't seem to be on the table right now. So let's start there. And I, I think normal starter standard probably will be available because you do have situations like where Doug's playing out where teams recruit well – and some, not everybody can start and a guy kind of leaves here. But that's, I think that's where we're at right now. And I don't even think they were expecting to be at a point where it's not so much that they don't have a guy winning the job. They don't feel like whoever wins the job might be good enough to keep them from actually losing a game later down the line. So we'll end it here because we have more time to talk about stuff before the spring. Um, I, I guess it's, it's, it's not a shock, Nathan, right? This is, this is where they are. But did you think it was, possible or maybe even probable that they they would have gained more confidence in the tackle position than maybe they're expressing right now and I'll throw in the caveat of Ryan they also said you know a year ago in the spring with Paris Johnson I was like I don't know and it's like okay what are we like it's not the same so that did not cause me pause I'm like oh yeah just like how they weren't sure if Paris Johnson was you were sure you were sure the minute he signed at Ohio State this is not that Nathan Right, Steven, come on, what are we doing? Do you have a list of like former five star recruits where in the spring Ryan Day's like, Yeah, I mean, 
We're not really all that sure about him. And then they end up being all American level play. Like how how long is that list for Ryan day of the five star guaranteed guy? And he's trying to be like, Oh no, man, it didn't look all that good. I was talking to Coop and he was like, Oh, Lando Pace, man. We didn't know. (laughs) So that was made up. That's not true. Nathan, like just in the end, this, this from the way Ryan, Day talked about it. And we're not going to pretend we go out and watch offensive line practice and identify how well guys are playing. From the way Ryan Day talked about it, it feels like they have not progressed the way they wanted to. Well, I, I think it's – have they progressed as much as they wanted to or as much as they hoped they would or that they might have been optimistic for? You know what I mean? Because there's an extent to this to which I'm like, oh, you're telling me that like Zim Mahalski, who had never played right tackle before and is moving over, and Tegra Shibola, who was a guard last year, that neither one of those guys just like set the world on fire this spring and like – dominated and became the starting right tackle like that doesn't surprise me or that Carson Hensman second year Carson Hensman who was not but, but, really but, 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 wait 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 but, but I don't think they're talking about the Carson yeah. Hensman center situation the same way at all I think I'm Carson just... Hensman at center is what could have happened at tackle and didn't mm-hmm. they've basically declared that Carson Hensman's the guy and they've said good things about him I think tackle is much more up in the air than center is right now no do you agree no I think that's no I think that's probably that's probably true. Yes, that, that that tackle is a bigger issue. Um, but then also the fact that he's saying that, like you know, that that, that Josh Fryer still has to. But he said that again at the beginning of the spring. It was like Josh Fryer is that's who we're putting there now. We'll see how that goes. That was the guy that they thought made the most sense to be there. So again, I I've, I have all along thought that this was going to have to be a process that took us into the preseason because I just didn't think that the whether it was Josh Fryer or these other guys, I didn't expect there to be someone who stepped up and, and like locked this down. But you make a good point that we weren't talking about Carson Hensman at all relative to this position either. And, and look at where they are. That, that seems like maybe that is a solution. I think the and, only, and I, go ahead, Steve. But the only, I think there is a big difference between, because even with the Josh Fryer thing, there's a difference between, yeah, he's still going to lock the job down. And then it's like up in the air question marks of like, if either one of these guys are the answer. I think Josh Fry- Josh Fryer is probably and Carson Hensman are probably normal progression for where you probably expected them to be at with those two positions. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. Ryan really? Day was asked if he's ready to declare a starter at right tackle, and he said no, and I'm not ready at left tackle either. Like well, out of nowhere. Fair point. Fair but point. I, I think what's happening right now, fan people who are going to hate what I'm about to say, I think there's a chance if they don't make some progression in this summer that – this year's offensive line and the tackle spots in particular could be last year's cornerbacks because, and it, it all relates back to a Ooh. recruiting shortfall. If Clark Phillips, if that had not played out the way it did, and that's not all on Ohio state that he made that decision to go to Utah. But if he had been here last year, a guy who's going to be in the NFL next year, like that changes how that cornerback room plays. And instead you had guys who were probably pushed beyond what they were supposed to be. And this year's, it, Josh Fryer is probably supposed to be the starting right tackle on this team, but he has to move over and try to solve left tackle because they haven't recruited a Ohio State caliber left tackle and everything is thrown off. And there's still a lot of development that has to happen in that room. No, and God forbid no, there's an injury. But we know that. But we know that. We've talked about that all along. The issue was they're getting to spring. Are they going to progress in a way that eases the, the worries? And they didn't. Mm. Not the way Ryan Day talked about it on Wednesday. They have what they have and it's not locked in. And that, but the overall point, which we still need to keep making, it's less about the players than it is about the program. And the fact that they are probably elevating all three guys, throw Paris Johnson back on this team and everything settles down. 
They don't have that. So the result is two uncertain positions, and they remain uncertain. So keep your eye on them at the spring game on Saturday. But as you said, nothing's going to be settled at the tackle spot. Okay, we'll come back with the draft on the Thursday pod. We'll come back and talk NIL and recruiting on the Friday pod. Then guess what? Six pods this week, post game on Saturday for now. Readcleman.com slash OSU. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. For Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.